0: Hello everybody and welcome. This is the USA Rugby Happy Hour Live. Thanks so much for joining us. We're here for the next 45 minutes today actually to talk USA Rugby, uh, to get further updates of news, USA Rugby news, Major League Rugby and more. Uh, Follow Eagles Overseas and Rugby Morning here on Twitter and other social media channels. Tonight's show is brought to you by Myoderm, a leader in CBD products. Save 20% on your order with discount code Eagles at Myoderm.com. That's M dot com. I am Bill Baker of Eagles Overseas, host of Eagle Eye Rugby Podcast, and my co-host is Rugby Morning's John Fitzpatrick. Hey, Fitzpatrick, what's up?
1: Hey, Bill. Hey, everyone. Sorry I missed last week, but uh, back at it this week. Let's go. You back? 100%? Uh, I'm like 47%. Well, it wasn't the COVID, was it? No, it was, uh, I don't know what it was. It was just uh, cough and cold, and man, I just wanted to curl up in bed and cry, and I wasn't able to do that. So.
0: <laughs> my wife's doing that right now. She actually has COVID, and she was diagnosed on Friday, Sunday. She's fine, um, but I'm keeping my distance from her you know, more than normal. She's not listening well, right we, now. We wish her the best. Yeah, yeah, she's going to be fine. She's she's strong. Um, so yeah, we, we got some stuff to talk about today. We got some good guests here, but... Uh, did you see that thing come out about the
1: siding uh, commission applications? I I did see that. I might have to submit an application.
0: Why not? I, come on! I don't know. It's not paid, I'm sure, but maybe
2: <laughs>
0: free game free game. <laughs> be interesting. Yeah, it would be very interesting. But uh, who knows? I mean, hopefully, I, I looked at it. I'm going to read it again. I'm hopefully you know, if I did it, they don't stick me with the free jacks because I don't want to be the guy responsible for sitting like you know the starting fullback or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be crazy Alright Fitz Let's get this thing going uh, Let's get into our first guest She is checking in With us All the way from New Zealand I guess we're going to call her Our very own And this is news to her By the way uh, Our very <laughs> own Rugby World Cup correspondent Our very first ever I had There's no contract yet For her uh, everyone <laughs> YSC rugby's wendy young wendy thanks for checking in
2: hey i'd love to be your correspondent let's do this
0: yeah there's no money involved um
2: but just (laughs) no uh, bill it's a lucrative position yes (laughs) (laughs) it's full of favors that'll come later we already Uh, uh, sent her uh, to new zealand see (laughs) that's right thanks for that check for that flight too (laughs) we'll we'll, we'll
0: buy we'll buy you one of those meat pies at that cafe the uh, women's team went to a couple weeks ago but (laughs) yeah
2: and they demolished it
0: (laughs) Yeah, so Wendy, let's get right into it. Um, So you've been in New Zealand for what, nearly a week now? How's your trip been?
2: Yeah, we've been really good. We started in Auckland and did, a, you know, the first, we landed on Saturday and we just caught the games in a pub. And so we just walked around and found, and there's a pub on every corner, which is great. We found an Irish pub and then we found some Wales friends to watch the game with uh, on Saturday. And then we watched, and then we went to the games um, on Sunday and that was a fantastic atmosphere. Um, The stadium there is really good. I would say I've seen some of the complaints on social media that there's it's, at a, it's on a track and they have turf over the track. So the fields like when you're in the stands, there's like 12 meters between you and the fields. So you're, you're not quite we're used to kind of intimate stadiums, I would say, in the United States. And, and that was not the experience yeah. um, that was there. So there's been some some rattle about why games were there. Uh, but then now we're in Rotorua and we've been going around and seeing geysers and bubbling mud. And we did a tree <laughs> walk in the redwoods. And I mean, New Zealand is a fantastic place. It's really cool.
0: So wherever you can find an Irish pub somewhere. I, You know, I, uh, I was in Paris maybe right before COVID hit and I spent every evening, other than when I went to see the France-Wales match, um, every evening in an Irish pub in Paris. I'm not sure why. <laughs> <But> <laughs> talking about those matches you went to, um, talk about those matches. I mean, it, you know, it wasn't the USA match, obviously, but what was the atmosphere like there? Uh, I know during the USA match, at least. There was that that hill in the stadium they were playing and It had fans all over. It just looks so nice there.
2: Yeah, it is kind of a bowl where you are, um, and they've got a, a place cordoned off for the players. And so, since we've got media credentials, we could go in there, and it was cool. I saw tons of, you know, there were the French players had finished, and they were all hanging out, and South African players were getting ready. So. It was cool to be that part was intimate if you have credentials you could go and, and talk to any players you wanted but then yeah the bowl was grass all the way around and then there's some seating about five thousand seating i believe and um we found the usa fans pretty quickly because i'm here with my wife and my young son who's seven and he very quickly identified who was the guy yelling usa and then he wanted to yell every five seconds of doing the chant he wanted to start the chance so he fit <laughs> in perfectly um and it was a, it was a robust crowd And, you know, when that try got taken away by the TMO, rightly so, whatever, um, I mean, it was just the momentum shift was really tough for the crowd. And um, but, you know, they fought for that last 10 minutes and got really close. And um, I think this rematch is going to be great.
0: You know know, that you're talking about Tessa's try, right? Yes. Oh, tell me about it, man. I'm probably like your son. Also, I was jumping up and down and screaming and. Mm I think I woke some people up in the household, but yeah, that was, that was it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then even the England South Africa game, we missed the first game um, because we had to travel, but the England South Africa game was really good too. There were England fans were out and about, they were very strong. And then uh, South African had a few fans as well, but they were really good, very spirited, um, the South Africans stayed after the game and, and greeted all the fans um, and spent, you know, 15, 20 minutes after England players left. Um, so really good spirit um, from that team and good to see them at, at another World Cup.
1: Wendy, that, that, that's great to hear. And one of these days I'll
2: get to a, a
1: Rugby World Cup. Um, we, let's let's talk a little bit more about, to uh, break down the women's Eagles performance so far, um, from what you've seen, what, you know, and while you were there and also from watching um, on television, but what grade would you give the squad so far through pool play?
2: That's a tough one. You know that it, it, the Italy game—I probably go game by game just because of how they came. Yeah. You know, in the Italy game, they came out so hard and fast and won the stat sheet, right? But didn't score points, and it's critical. You, you know, you can you can win the stat sheet, but you can't win the game, and that's what happened that game. So I would say that game was a B for effort, um, but didn't get the win. And then the Japan match. Didn't start strong. We started uh, very soft, it felt like, and kind of, I think, feeling out Japan. It's not an opponent we play very often, and they play – like a little bit like Fiji, a little bit unpredictable. Um, and they've changed their game. They have new coaches that have come in and really changed how they play. And they're definitely trying to model a bit more after France and some of the other top clubs. Um, so then that match we did eventually win, but I think we only won it in the last 15 minutes. So I think that was actually our worst performance, or worst performance of the event. So I'd say a C or a D. And then I think, you know, Canada, um, again, we talked about that try. You know, it seems like. Our defense is getting better with every game too, so I even though we lost again, I would still rate us as a, as a, like a probably a C plus or a B, just because we didn't come out hard. I think if we would have came out really really hard like we did against Italy, we may have uh, you know had a different outcome of that Canadian match.
1: I'll tell you what, I was gripped by that match against Canada. I mean, it was it was thrilling. The sheer number of big—I know there were some defensive lapses there, but the sheer number of big hits. The women's eagle squad was impressive. Like you, you could tell that it was a very intense.
2: The girls wanted it bad, and yes, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I mean, overall, I would say since Rob Kane has come on, our squad's level and then playing in the Prem has raised exponentially so this grading that i'm giving now is probably pretty harsh based on the you know the couple of years they've had to with some new attacking concepts and some new defensive concepts i mean they've done better than we've ever seen them do before but they've got to perform in the moment and i think that's what's missing
0: hey, let me jump in real quick uh, wendy uh, looking at that uh, um Canada match I, I I would think that's one of our best performances against them against them in a while now despite the loss
2: it's tough you know I, I said I was on the rugby rant last week and I said we hadn't beat them since 2010 so I was wrong so I got corrected by one of the players so thank you but they've beaten <laughs> them in 2015 and 2019 so they have beaten them recently um you know and that pacific four tournament was fantastic it was great but nine of our best players were in the Prem, and they weren't at that um, oh, yeah. so that was a you know, a tough showing at the score sheet and, the, and our outcome was not great. But when we had our best players, Alev and, you know, Hope was there and, and some of these other players that were available, where our game plan completely changed and you could tell who our best players were. And what I think I'm also seeing is they're starting to really gel. You know, Alev's learning how to play with Etty and then we've got, you know, Johnson, Rachel Johnson, Katie Johnson's come in at Flanker and they're really you know, keying off of Kate Zachary on the back three there. So I think we're just seeing some more gel. And I think, you know, they need to do a little bit faster because we need to perform on uh, Saturday.
0: Well, what was there that – um In that that first game against Canada, I know you've been talking about playing hard or whatever. I mean, obviously, our physicality was up uh, probably from the last four or five matches. You know, what else could we do better? There was definitely uh, difficulties with the line-out.
2: Yeah, I think line-out is tough, you know? I mean, it's something that we, you know, as coaches, you even struggle to... You want your players to pivot, and I don't feel like there was ever a pivot at at any moment to say, okay, the the back pod is not working. Let's go two-pod, or let's just go to the front and throw up our jumpers and get the ball and be physical at the front, and we never made that adjustment. I also think our kicking was is better. It's getting better every game, but we've got to be able to kick it over their heads and have them turn so we can really be in their face as well. Um, and I think the weather has played a little bit of that. It was rainy the first game, and then it's been windy. Um, every game they've played, it's, it doesn't look windy on TV, but being at the place, it's actually really quite windy. And then again, that's why I don't know we're th- why we're throwing to that back pod so much.
1: All right, Wendy, we got you on the hot seat here. Give us a – let's talk about the rematch here in the quarterfinals. Give us a prediction uh, for how you think it's – how you think this match is going to play out.
2: I knew you were going to ask this, but I've been (laughs) kind of – we've been talking it through this morning, and again, like I said on my review, my preview, it's just hard with my American heart because, of course, I want us to win. And I did talk to Rob Kane after the game, and he feels like they learned a lot and they can exploit – some things and so he feels like they're going to win he feels very strongly that they're going to win and I don't want to go against Rob but I do think this will be a tighter affair I think it's going to be you know possibly even ending in a draw and then they'll have to keep going of course um, but I think it's going to be Canada by seven maybe ten it's going to be I think it's going to be a lot tighter this time I think USA really really wants it
0: uh, after the match Wendy I'm assuming other than Rob you probably talked to some of the players obviously a loss is not great but they got on to the quarters you know what was the uh, what were the emotions like with the team and the mindset
2: yeah. And when you guys have Rob on and me on early on, I mean, their goal was quarterfinals, right? So they've met yeah. their goal. Mm-hmm. So then it's very much also game by game was also Rob's mentality. He's always been that way. And then talking to the players, same thing, you know, they feel like they did, they've improved every game um, and felt like, you know, especially with that try being taken back with the TML um, they, that game was theirs is how they felt. Um, and so I think they've, now learned they've got to go out hard and you got to finish you got to play 80 minutes you can't play 60, you got to play 80 minutes um, and I think that's how the players feel is that they've got to put in an, an 82 minute you know as much as they can performance and there's no um, there's very little room for mistakes on this next game.
1: Yeah, Wendy, it seems like a lot of the offense has kind of run through Kelter, and she played phenomenal in that that match against Canada. And, of course, Canada's going to be prepared for that. I mean, we've got some dynamic wings. Offensively, you know, what do you think there's different looks or different strategy just, you know, just to keep candidate guessing, um, you know, they, they seem to match up pretty well against us.
2: I don't know that there is. Cause if you watch Kelter in the Prem, everybody tried to double team her, sure. they tried to you know yeah. close the gate as fast as they can, stop the ball from getting to her. She's just a really powerful player, but, what I think they've started to do is um, she's only crashing every third or fourth phase where she was crashing almost every time in, that, in the Japan game, right? So I think they figured that, you know, she is such a smart player. She's almost like a second fly half too to where she can move the ball quickly um, and get it to, like we said, Lottie clap coming off her shoulder is pretty sweet. Um, they did that a couple times in the Canada, Canada game. So I think that's what we'll see is the differences using a Lev and having players come off of her tight is i think going to be the difference as they key on her like you guys said
0: and looking at the other teams uh wendy are there do you think maybe the black ferns do have like a home country advantage because one thing that uh, uh jenny Cronish mentioned last week was how amazing how those commercials is billboards is such they're signing autographs that kind of thing do you think the black ferns have home country advantage or do they? they probably-
2: I think they do. Yeah. I mean, we're two and a half hours away from Auckland where like, you know, most of the games are being played. There are stickers here. There's billboards here. I mean, I've never seen it. We've been to the England world cup and the France world cup and France definitely had better marketing. We saw billboards across Paris and across the, the major cities, but we're, I mean, we're far away from the cities and there's stuff here. Um, they're absolutely doing a great job marketing. I will say that the local press is um, saying that it, the, that the turnout of the locals is mostly for the Blackburns and then they're leaving. So they're trying to figure out how do they build that excitement for when the Blackburns aren't playing. Um, because every game has been a sellout, but only during are the fans showing up for the Blackburns game, um, which is really interesting where, you know, we're trying to go for every single game and just stay there the whole time um, as well. But yeah, I definitely think they've got home crowd advantage. Um, they've never, they've played very few tests at home. So I think there's a lot of pride for them right now as well.
0: Well, there's a lot of pride for our team as well here, um, Wendy. Thanks so much for checking in. Uh, enjoy the day, the rest of the week. Uh, we'd love to talk to you again next week, possibly, um, and let us know maybe if you found a good cave or another waterfall
2: or something. <laughs> yeah, we're putting it all up on our socials, so we're happy to share. And I'm going to try to do my previews tonight, um, so those will be available later too.
0: Yeah, everyone, uh, tune in to uh, YSC Rugby on um, like TikTok, uh, Twitter, Instagram. I don't know, everything pretty much, right, Wendy? Wanna...
2: <laughs> yes, yeah, all over.
0: All right, Wendy, thank you so much. Have a great day and we'll chat later.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much.
0: Cheers. Hi. Everybody, thanks again for tuning in. This is, if you're joining in now, this is the USA Rugby Happy Hour Live here on Twitter Spaces. Obviously, you're here, you know that. Uh, I'm Bill Baker from Eagles Overseas, and my co host is John Fitzpatrick from Rugby Morning. Um, and we're going to get right into our next guest because this is a guy who has a, a wealth of knowledge, wealth of information about USA men's rugby and just USA rugby in general. Um, he, he's fresh off uh, a Uruguayan tour and hopefully has recovered from the long flight. Let's all please welcome Coach Sean Pittman. Sean, how are you, man?
3: Yeah, good how are you guys doing
0: doing great doing great thank you so much for joining us oh
3: gosh thank you so much for having me how long have you been back a couple of days now oh gosh i've been uh, been back for six days so it's been a been a whirlwind you know i've got two two little girls at home and so i've been trying to spend as much time with them as possibly can so every every waking moment's been uh, been with them basically and, none of, and they didn't travel with you did they oh no not at all yeah too big of a too big of a trip it's two and a five-year-old so um yeah my wife <laughs> yeah. probably would have been like hey jacob you know have fun but um you know we yeah it, w- it would have been cool but yeah too big of a too big of a trip
0: well you know uh fitzy stayed home last weekend because his kids were sick and he was sick but um we don't have- <laughs> that's true <laughs> All right, Sean, um let's get right into it. Let's go to Uruguay, where you were, we were just discussing. Um obviously we're, we're not really gonna talk about some, the match results, you don't need to mention those numbers. Uh you had a really young team, you know, going against some really experienced uh, Uruguayan and Argentinian sides. Mm-hmm. You know, what were your expectations going into this tour and you know, what were you or USA rugby looking to get out of it?
3: Yeah, I think the the big thing for us, um, you know, we had multiple conversations about it in the lead up and the the build up, especially with uh us um, not really splitting the squad, but you know the majority of you know, the Eagles players pool heading to you know South Africa, and this would be a um, like the bottom end of that sixty-ish um, man playing squad, and some you know young, you know developmental you know players that are nineteen-year-olds coming through the pathway that came through our academy. So, uh, though one of the big things for us was the see where people kind of sat. So, um, you know, some individuals really show themselves um, and then they can perform really well under, you know, some duress and pressure, Um, you know, and it was also an avenue for other individuals um, to hopefully put up their hand and be selected for the repishage coming up um, in Dubai. So, and like I said, you know, we had a mixture of a squad, um, but, you know, one of our big outcomes was try to be, you know, a very successful Falcons group. And, you know, we <laughs> spoke about it as a group, especially with the the teams that we were playing against. Um, you know, we had two capped uh, in, individuals on our squad where, you know, we played Argentina who had 10. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's a big, yeah. it's a vast difference of, um, of levels and, you know, what does success look like? And it should be, you know, winning games. Um, but again, you know, Argentina 15 had a, you know, phenomenal squad. And, you know, when we did play Uruguay, we, you know, for that first half, the first, you know, 48 minutes, 52 minutes, uh, if, I, if my memory serves me correct, <laughs> is we were we were in that and we, we had a very good possibility of actually having some really good success as a group.
0: And how do you? I, mean, yeah, I guess how do I ask this? Um, when your team's down quite a bit, and, mm-hmm. oh, and you're playing on your heels. and, and I've been on both sides of, of a game like that, before, which sucks. But you know, as a coach, I mean, how do you handle that? How do you? How do you keep them going?
3: Yeah, well, like, uh, if you could see, we we started subbing players quite early to bring mm-hmm. in some energy onto the field, and, we, you know, we got that. We got the energy that we were kind of looking for with some of the people coming on um, um, and doing quite well. You know, you think about um, Willis, who came off the bench and had, you know, a couple of phenomenal restarts. Even Koi Koi, um, uh, the hooker that came on, had some phenomenal throws, scored a mall try. And, you know, in all fairness, getting two mall tries against Argentina is a pretty a pretty solid performance, but you know, I'm not going to take anything away from Argentina. You know, we got our butts kicked pretty well um, down there. So, uh, but the big thing for us was we were just trying to hammer in the tactics that we wanted to, um, and then try to transition when we did start to struggle, uh, allow boys to allow the players to kind of trans, uh, not transition, but change the tactics slightly to hopefully make them a little more successful. But, you know, as you can see, we, you know, we just weren't.
0: And then you talked about the players possibly, you know, putting their hands up maybe for Dubai or definitely down the road for these. Mm-hmm. You know, which players stood out for you on this tour? I mean, for me personally, like one kid, uh, you know, an academy player, this kid, Peter Vi or Peter V, whatever his last name. Mm-hmm. Play so well out there you know talk about some of the players that really stood out
3: yeah you know like um you know with the academy we saw like a you know large group of people come through um you know and so we had you know pita uh Pitavi, um you know dominic um or dom you know 13 um you know willis uh but like pita dom um, we're kind of like the Academy guys, Willis as well, when he came off the bench. Um we're a couple of the big big guys from the Academy that really, really stood out for us. Um and then as well as, you know, some of the older heads like Jake Turnbull. he's a, you know, phenomenal guy. Like, you know, um, really good leader and you know, it's sad to see him having to try and now find a new home with with uh, Austin's um, yeah. you know, stepping away from the MLR this year. And um, but whoever picks him up this year is gonna be absolutely um is 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 going to be really lucky to have him? Um, to be completely honest,
1: Sean, it's it's great to hear about all these you know exciting young future Eagles coming up, which which is great. But you know, a lot of these names seem pretty new to us, right? So, like, what kind of prep did you have leading up to these matches, camp, scouting, or I guess rephrased, how much did you know about these players prior to uh, this tour? Yeah, so. Um for the falcons tour
3: you know we had uh a nine individuals sorry, eight individuals that came from our um academy so the academy was um you know a seven-week program we ran in chula vista that kind of butted up with this uh with with the falcons tour down to uruguay um you know so you know it, we had for a decent amount of time we you know they came in you know not the best in shape technical skills weren't the best but you know we we helped them along and um uh, Brendan Keene, myself and um you know a bunch of other coaches um did a really you know decent job of of getting them up to snuff um to perform and then even with this squad um you know we we pulled in a couple guys with well, two guys that were a part of the Eagles group um in Denver but uh in all fairness um Gosh, uh, we had about 10 days of prep before the first match, and and that included um, travel. So, you know, we got in on a Sunday, and then the following, um, um, you know, Wednesday, you know, we're playing, a, sorry, following Thursday, we're, you know, we're playing a match against, against Uruguay. So, you know, it's not a ton of prep um, in all fairness, but, you know, we knew that, you know, we, we very much, you know, simplified the game plan and, and wanted to really just promote ourselves in a couple, in a few areas. And you would have seen it. we tried to attack more, um, than you know, characters that we do with, um, with, um, with how the men's Eagles play, but, you know, we still, we still kicked a decent amount as well. But we wanted to promote, you know, the individuals that we had, like Pete Vi um, and uh, even uh, Bastra's, um, Zach Bastra's um, on the wing. So, you know, we wanted to promote those individuals, get more touches um, if possible.
0: Sean, I'll talk about those players. Uh, how many did you start off with uh, and before you narrowed it down to uh, to the tour? And then I say started off with was there a certain amount, 10 days leading up and you had to narrow it down or did you... Or, or part of that?
3: Well, um, you know, we had a couple guys, so, so we had a, we had a decent roster um, picked out like size wise, but the big thing for us was this, there was injuries. You know, we had a guy, mm. you know, five days before, sorry, a week before um, coming into camp, you know, um fractured his um fractured his leg um and then we had a few other injuries pop up so you know that's why you saw us actually travel with a a smaller squad of of 26 uh than we kind of usually do with the you know 28 to 30 um so uh you know we we tried our best to reach out to everybody as early as possible um but in all fairness we we you know we found out uh, we knew this tour was happening, but, uh, about two, two and a bit weeks before we actually left, um, we were notifying players to, to, th- that we would be going on tour. So it was really good on the players to actually have the ability to, Hey, step away from work, step away from the other rugby that they're doing and, uh, and, uh, other rugby, um, and um it was it was great and it was great for them
1: sounds like a little rugger in the background right there huh? yeah 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 <laughs> my daughter was like hey what you doing yeah <laughs> i want to i want to participate well speaking of youth development that's a good segue i suppose um, maybe just a clarifying question from from my point but the, the 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 men's falcons will that continue to serve as the development squad for the senior side for the foreseeable future
3: yeah so the the thing that we've kind of um, well the the Falcons have basically become what the selects were. the USA selects are uh, no more. Yeah. Um, but now you know they're the Falcons and that will be the developmental side for for the for the men's eagles. So gotcha. it's, it's a really nice pathway and the player pool will grow and will give us the ability to um, to actually just add more people, have more camps. And hopefully the funding continues, um, you know, hopefully the funding with the 2031 Rugby World Cup, it ends up being a really good um, foundational piece for the long-term growth of, of some of these younger players, especially the, the under-23 guys that usually kind of get left out at times. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and that's kind of the, the earmark for it, is it to be a complete under-23s development side and really give these guys the opportunity to, to continue to play. Um, and it, it, it's not, you know, it's not going to be completely linked with the U-23s. Uh, that will be a completely different squad. But the Falcons will be a, a quite a young, you know, group of players.
1: Yeah, and, and talking about these exciting young players, I mean, and mean, you've, you've, you've identified them and your team's identified them. Can you, for USA Rugby fans, right, who are looking to the future, can you describe some of the talent that is starting to come up in the ranks
3: yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, you guys said it, um, pizza Vi he's, um, you know, I, I'll be excited to see what happens with him. I mean, he's a 19 year old kid. Um, you know, Brennan Keane found him in you know, Sacramento, um, just messing around with rugby and, um, the, the guy is shoots lights out. He'll be, he'll be a Capped eagle at some point. Um, you know hopefully you know everything works out for him he stays injury free either sevens or 15s like i would i would put money on it if i would if i could if i could bet on the sport to be honest um, he he's a phenomenal player and there's there's numerous guys like that um as well that are that are kind of coming through and you know sevens um has done a good job of, of fostering a couple of the young individuals there sam walsh um who's been around the block a little bit with the you know the falcons crew from last year um but there's there's some young talent coming through that i think we'll we'll see some really good success with um in the future uh and you know that's the that's the big thing for us is um for us as americans is we you know we're gonna have you know this good talent coming through just how do we foster their development to actually make them successful i think that's the big thing that we just need to start focusing on uh, as much as possible
1: yeah, and just a quick question, uh, you know, talk about the crossover competitions, you know, there's there are a few players on the Falcons that came up through the American Raptors, you know, mm-hmm. seems like that's another potential pipeline, right, for, for talented athletes and other sports to participate in a high performance rugby environment and eventually maybe potentially make their way into the Eagles camps.
3: Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's, that's a very big possibility. It's just uh, the, the, tough thing from, you know, my perspective is um, and I think a lot of God, people from across is like the crossover athletes are phenomenal athletes. It just, it still takes time to develop. Even think about, um, you know, David still who um, transitioned from, you know, the Raptors to um to to the 7s to the program which is i think a, a little easier to transition from set, like you know from from football or other sports to 7s than it is the 15s with all the tactical you know game management stuff that that kind of gets in, embedded into it. Um, but, you know, like in, in saying that, you know, Tavius, um, you know, was on tour with us. He didn't play just due to an injury. Um, you know, Ethan McVeigh was at Cardiff Met and, you know, he's recently joined the Raptors, um, you know, Linne, you know, and there's other individuals that are there that I think will, will can do a really good job for um, within USA rugby and provide maybe some good um, um good maybe pillars that we can we can continue to build on
0: sean um one of our fan questions we got a text in from one of them um what i like is some of our listeners are probably working or something so they can't really uh, listen in or or talk in uh but our friends over at the uh the scrum of the earth podcast have asked uh is there a women's falcons team in the works do you, are you familiar with that
3: um i am not so i'm only familiar with the men's side um completely so that's all i i do not know and i imagine i imagine with the The world rugby stuff that's probably coming through. I'm, you know, hopefully I don't put my foot in my mouth, but I (laughs) I imagine there, I imagine there will be in the in the pipeline because the women's game is just so important to the growth of of rugby across you know the U.S. and and more specifically just the world.
0: Yeah, hundred percent, definitely. All right, so let's go in. Let's talk a little bit about the college game. Um, You know. Is it, it, the growth of the college game, you know, there's more and more varsity programs, you know, there's more online social media visibility, ex, uh, more uh, experienced coaches entering, you know, uh, is the growth in the college game paying off?
3: Um, gosh, that's a, that's a <laughs> tough question. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think the, I think the big thing is just, um, you know, you guys, you know, we talked about the, these crossover athletes coming through, or these players starting in college, um, you know, and I saw a tweet a couple a couple of days ago just about you know usa rugby you know we always focus on the players and stuff like that so i think we need to start investing just a bit more into coaches um and really helping the coaches develop because you know you know the coaches are the ones that you know really do most of the the administrative work the the personal growth with the players the and even themselves as you know personal growth with themselves and You know we just need to start helping them along just a just a bit more and i think um you know after the bankruptcy we we sputtered out a little bit i think we're you know semi-heading in an okay direction and I think Jamie at, at USA rugby in charge of the educational department, I think he does a phenomenal job and I, I just, he needs just need some more um, soldiers to um, underneath him to, you know, hopefully we can spread it just a bit more. Um, I guess the, you could say the gospel and help, yeah. uh, help out as much as possible. Cause you know, that's where the, that's where the entry point is, you know, like we need, we need coaches that are, you know, they're, are really, really good coaches, really strong technical coaches that can, that can really make strong technical players that have a really good understanding of, of the game of rugby. And then when we go to these, you know, system and tactical approaches, then it's easy for us to put in, you know, Hey, we want to play this way. Cool. Cause you, when you look at, you know, we look at Argentina, like, you know, they're technically they're just so so good Uh, and they've been playing for a while of course and you know some of these guys but you know technical skills is is really really important
1: so you know there's right there's everyone's big very familiar with some of those big college programs right Cal Mm -hmm. Mindwood Life you name it there's a couple you know Navy Army Penn State that seem to be bringing a lot of top-notch players but when you talk about you know the U.S. are you starting to see some other like quality players coming out of some maybe you know smaller schools for the lack of a a better phrase
3: yeah i mean um, in all fairness um you know when i when i was at utah we had one player come through um danny giovanni scoli who um was from a you know division three school who um was a phenomenal player um you know like probably one of the biggest boots i've ever seen um from an american rugby player and um you know, one of the biggest boots I've ever seen from a, a USA rugby player. And, um, you know, he, he decided to step away just because the opportunities were different, you know, you know, and his life stresses were just a little different and he needed to go and work. Um, the, the talent's there. We just need to keep them engaged, I think. I think we do lose a lot of talent um, from some of these small schools and even to some of the larger ones as well.
0: And in finding this talent, uh, Sean, you know, I was at um, my old college's uh, alumni weekend a few weeks ago, and I was watching the alumni game. And now, granted, this is uh, young kids against the older, more experienced players, but one of these players who plays for a small, I don't know, D5 team in southwest New Hampshire, a women's team, she was phenomenal. You know, and um, I got to talk to her a little bit after the game. She could just tell athletes. I mean, you see it. You see how athletes are and stuff. Um, Maybe not necessarily her, but I mean, what is it going to take for these players to get noticed? Do they need to start going to these camps that maybe the MLR teams are uh, holding? Do they need to join those teams?
3: Well, the, the the nice thing is, it's like so you know um, the USA Pathways does about fourteen talent identifications, um, you know, camps or weekends across the U.S. Um, and so that's that's probably a really good you know points um, or an entry point for them. And last year, for example, um, Brendan Keene, uh, led it up, and he uh, he saw about I think it was close to nine hundred uh, male and female athletes. Um, over those fourteen uh, camps, and um, and we found some phenomenal players that are, um, you know, and that's a nice thing about. So we pull from from the men's side, you know, we pull from those players into a combine to then select them for the academy that we ran for seven weeks. So that's kind of like the the pathway, and and the great thing about the academy then is those. You know, players that go to those talent identifications. if you're noticed, you get to go to the combine, you get to go to the academy. Combine involves um, world rugby coaches, you know, ones that have, you know, coached for, you know, Fiji uh, in New Zealand, you know, uh, we had Willie Rickarts there this year, who, uh, was the Fiji sevens, uh, coach. He was the NPC head coach for a little bit as well. Um, so we had some really good coaches, um, there, um, as well as, you know, when the, the Academy comes, you know, mostly all the MLR, you know, GMs call, you know, Brendan, uh, about the about the players and the talent that's currently you know at the academy so it's a really good entry point for them uh, and you know for example you know we had san diego there um, almost every other week um, when we were down in chula vista so it's a it's a really good possibility for players to get noticed um, at the talent education and then have a pathway to to get somewhere to get even uh, to get noticed even more
1: sean's sticking with, with coaching there for for a little bit and Sorry. Sorry the background noise. But um, so you've, you've played at every level. And we've got some follow-up questions about your, your playing experience. Mm-hmm. They, I, you can tell that people in our house are, are still a little sick. <laughs> <laughs> but you've you played just about every level. So USA, U19, you 20 mm-hmm. USA Senior side, and, and then overseas. And how and you've kind of climbed the ladder per se – uh, in coaching, right? USA yeah. men's U-20s coaching, 2016, coaching in MLR. What what kind of took you down that path into coaching? Was that something you always wanted to do after you were done playing? Or just tell us kind of what got you into it.
3: You know, I, I didn't really have like, um uh, <laughs> I guess – when I was playing, you know, you just don't really know what you want to do. You're just playing rugby. Um, in all fairness, you know, I, I didn't go to university, so I threw all my eggs in one basket with with rugby. And you know, I was lucky enough to get a contract overseas, play for a couple of years. And um, while I was over there in, in London playing for London Welsh, um, um, you know, every Sunday there was kind of a, um, you know, a youth you know, coaching clinic, not a youth coaching clinic the youth club would get together attached to London Welsh. So we would, uh, you know, you basically got picked to go and do it. So I got picked one time and I actually really enjoyed it. And then, uh, the next time that it happened, um, you know, I volunteered for it and that's kind of where my, it kind of piqued my interest to start coaching a little bit. Um, and you know, and, and I retired at you know 26 years old, which, uh, in all fairness, was you know it was tough. But and we, I transitioned into coaching right away, um, for for Atavis or Serevi Rugby at the time before they changed their names. Um, and you know, I can't thank the individuals us enough for the 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 opportunity that it gave me. But you know, my job was basically at Atavis to um, do as many. Uh, school demos as humanly possible and to the point where they they told me at one point that i needed to slow down so at every day i was at you know two to three middle and elementary schools doing uh, school demos and you know and and i really enjoyed it it's fun just playing games and and just, you know, sharing rugby with, um, all the people from around the Seattle area. Uh, it was phenomenal. And it, it, I think that's what really kind of piqued me in the enjoyment of it and then just kept working down the line and got lucky enough to, you know, be invited to a, you know, a U 18, you know, winter camp with, you know, salty Thompson. And, um, you know, I, I met JD Stevenson there. And, um, from there when JD took over as the U 20 head coach, he, he invited me to come and, um, Uh, invited me to come and be the, the forwards coach. Um, you know, and at that time I was also coaching at the Seattle Saracens, um, seattle rugby club with uh you know justin fitzpatrick justin fitzpatrick left to join uh houston in that 2017 2018 before the mlr started um you know and i did some stuff there with you know pate tuluka um you know who is who is the gm who's you know former gm at seattle and um you know that's kind of like the pathway that started happening for me and You know, I was was quite lucky and just ended up in the right place when, you know, I ended up interviewing for, um, the spot at, um, the men's national team, um, spot, um, the forward spot and, you know, lucky enough again for, you know, Gary to, um, you know, uh, keep me on, um, after, after the initial, you know, trial period. And i um, very thankful for the opportunity that he gave me. And just, that's, that's kind of, you know, that was kind of the, and at that time, you know, i got had the chance to work with Seattle as a, you know, uh, like basically a performance analyst um which was which was great yeah uh, it was great to hone the skills there of, of learning how to code and i was very thankful you know that's not my full-time job um but you know it was nice to nice to learn the skills with that um and then from there you know, 2019 rugby world cup and then um you know got to be with utah for you know a couple years but the big thing that piqued me about coaching and still does is just the relationships that you get to have during it um you know and that was one of my favorite things from the academy that had just gone by is you know we got to experience you know life together if that makes sense where you know we had a couple players have you know deaths in the family um, we had people cha- like challenged with other things, um, behavioral issues, you know, not, you know, horribly negative ones, but like uh, behavior stuff that, you know, helping, you know, people down a path that they can make them more successful had has kind of, you know, been a, a really good, um, uh, you know, it's kind of been a really good uh, warming um, link to rugby. That's I think that's I've enjoyed so much about it, you know, the community aspect of it.
0: Well, that's a fantastic part about the game. You know, you, you mentioned uh, Sirraby earlier, and I'm the first time I ran into him. I was just blown away. You know, the only other person I've ever been that like that with was uh, uh, Francois Pienaar in person, and. Um, looking at a guy like Serevi, he just has his presence. Everyone knows how amazing he is, especially when he played and all that. Um, but you know, back in the day, um, you know, you had to be on one of the ITT teams or played for USC or something like that to really get noticed. You know, how far has that come along, Sean? I mean, is it easier to get noticed at all? And you know, that's probably a pretty vague question. But um, I mean, when you were younger playing, there really wasn't a lot of opportunities again, except for maybe playing on those those territorial select sides
3: yeah so like um yeah you know very very lucky so i didn't even actually uh, you know i played six months of rugby and it got recognized you know and um yeah yeah so it was just like it was just it was again like numerous things across my development and growth of rugby it like has been quite ugly uh lucky (laughs) or ugly depending on how you look at it but but um it's um it was it was you know I played in um yeah those the national invitational tournament down in, um, uh, down in um, gosh uh, Stanford. at Stanford yeah at Stanford oh Stanford yeah I play, yeah I played at that one and uh, and and I was actually playing number eight and then uh, one thing led to another and like two weeks later I was on a tour to Canada wow. playing Canada twice and then a couple weeks later I was going to Ghana. Uh, Guyana and you know you know South America, so it was just kind of like this really this whirlwind experience of things that kind of happened that just you know I was gonna go play football and it was uh uh, I'm lucky I didn't pick I'm really happy I didn't pick football and, and you know rugby's sorted me out quite well but yeah I think there's a lot more opportunities now uh, to get seen in regards to like the town identification stuff but I think we are missing a key point with, with those those regional competitions that I think of like tep- you know COVID happened all that stuff and we've kind of taken a step back from those regional competitions that like our regional teams that man if we if we could have those and we could have the funding to, to have those grow and be like you know satellite academies for you know USA rugby and things like that like it would be phenomenal for our growth um you know but again we just don't have the funding currently to to have those or sort of promote those
0: Uh, We got like two more minutes with with you, Sean. So let's get through a couple things here quickly. Uh, Let's talk about the Repiage in Dubai. Um, Looking at the Falcons who played in the two at a challenge, it's safe to assume that entire group's heading over pretty much. Um, Do you foresee any of the players that were on your Falcon side possibly making the trip as well?
3: You know, as of right now, I I think there there might be one. um, But again, uh, the roster can change. Um, at any at any given time, I hope I hope there is one, um, you know, because it shows you know the, the individual that hopefully will get selected very much deserves it. Um, but we'll see with time when the team finally gets announced. And but you know Gary Gary has done you know I I back Gary um, to do a phenomenal job, especially with the staff that he has with Mario and Stevie and um, you know I you know I'm just hoping the best for us as a nation, and I think Gary is the man to do the job. Um, and all you know, in all my experience um I'm, I'm hoping hoping the best for that so but yeah i hope that hope there's that one
1: one guy makes it it would be really nice we've got some anxious usa rugby fans myself included <laughs> heading into this uh in a, in a couple of weeks and i don't even think i pronounced that right but that's fine any reassuring words you can share with us as we root on the men's eagles in a couple of weeks yeah um so
3: from you know You know, I know the results for the last two games in South Africa, you know, haven't been, you know, everybody's been so worried about them and stuff like that. You know the you know the competition that we'll see in you know in in Dubai will be a little bit different. Of course, they'll play a different brand of rugby, but in all fairness, uh, with the some of the younger guys and the newer guys that have been brought into the to the player pool. Um, you know, and watching some of the training sessions um, over the last you know couple of weeks, especially the stuff that happened in Denver, um, I, I do believe there's a there's a big spark there. Of want uh, and the big spark and a big spark of passion um, that has has made me really excited to watch you know these upcoming games um, and and even to see what's in in the future for USA Rugby. I mean, it's nice to see you know when you do get time together, you know um, the the benefits of it and the benefits of the growth as a as a group. So I think I think we all should be, you know, we should never feel fully 100 percent confident, but we should be in a place where we are very excited to support um, the men's national team. And, and, you know, again, even, you know, any national team that we have, you know, we need to really support them and and go 100 percent and help them as much as possible. Well,
0: I think there's a great place for us to leave it right here, Sean. uh, Thank you so much for taking time away from your family to talk to us about this game we all love. Uh, You know, good luck over in Dubai. I'm I'm hoping you're out that way. If you're not, either way, good luck with that match. Uh, And again, thank you so much for
3: joining us. No, thank you so much for having me. All
0: right, we'll try it again one day. Yep, talk soon. All right, guys, thank everybody for joining us. Uh, A little shorter show tonight, which is fine. Gives us uh, less prep for this one, but thanks for tuning in. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern time, and please give us a follow on Eagles Overseas and Rugby Morning here on Twitter and Instagram. Good night, and we'll talk later. Bye-bye.